0: Hi, and welcome to the Savage Podcast. I'm Rose, and I'm a content creator going by the handle Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I also own a vegan cafe by the same name as the podcast, which is Savage Cafe.
1: And I'm Daniel, also a vegan and one of your favorite guest stars on Cheap Lazy Vegan's YouTube channel.
0: We're two friends currently living in different countries, and we'll be giving our savage take on all things life, veganism, and the latest trending topics.
1: So, basically, whatever comes to our minds, because we love to talk.
0: You are currently listening to the previous episode of this podcast, but if you would like to listen to this week's episode and get some exclusive content, go over to patreon.com slash the savage podcast. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the savage podcast.
1: Hey guys. Hope everyone is doing well, um, staying safe, uh, staying sane during this, um, you know, interest.
0: crazy ass time.
1: Yeah. Although like, you know, things are starting to open up a bit. So I think globally things are starting to get a little better, maybe more promising. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic Well, maybe, here.
0: maybe by the time this, uh, this podcast goes to the public, it will be, uh, calmed down completely. Who knows? Ooh, oh gosh. Maybe it'll just magically go away.
1: It could just, Oh, you're sounding like me, Rose. Like oh, magically damn. disappear.
0: God damn. Maybe the first, first half of, uh, 2020 was a uh, pretty shit. So the second half is going to be fantastic.
1: Exactly. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and after I come back to Calgary and do my, cause I have to do two weeks, uh, quarantine when I'm back in Calgary and I've worked it out that I think I've spent almost a third of this year already in some form in of quarantine. lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> like how crazy is that? Like,
0: well, I mean, to be fair, you're not the only one. No,
1: true, true, true. And 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 the thing yes. is, is like even if I hadn't been in such a strict like isolation slash lockdown, there's still so many like um uh what is it called? restrictions. I can't even think of words. So right, got, right, I, right. I, I goddamn.
0: Oh, God, help us. Help yeah. us for this podcast. <laughs>
1: no, this is our second one we're uh. recording today, so.
0: Yeah, today we're re- recording, uh, yeah, this is the second one because the, in the morning we recorded our Patreon exclusive. Mm-hmm. So head on over to Patreon, guys, if you want to listen to that exclusive.
1: Exactly. It'd be juicy. Now, today,
0: <laughs> today,
1: <laughs> is it though? <laughs> no, not really.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, our, all our Patreon exclusives are very juicy and we mm-hmm. get raw and real yeah. Not that we're not raw and real here, but you know what exactly. I'm saying. Exactly. Today's episode what is the topic, Daniel? Would so, you like to introduce us as our executive producer? Oh,
1: I would. I, oh, gosh. I, lo- I love that I, like, I'm the executive <laughs> producer. Um, that's cool. Uh, anyway, so today we are discussing. So we mentioned this like a while ago um, on several of our podcast episodes. So there was an Audible book that me and Rose both listened to called, Mo- I can't remember if it's Modern Love or Modern Romance. I'm so bad for it's this. It's Modern
0: Romance. That's now right. I know okay, for a fact because okay, okay. I kept saying it wrong, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. You kept saying. Modern love. And it's, so, anyway, it's called Modern Roma- Romance by Aziz Ansari. So, yeah, it's a really, really, really good listen. Um, highly, highly recommend it. So, we are um, Audible affiliates. So, if you head on over to audibletrialcom the Savage Podcast, um, you can get access to a free book, whatever one you choose. Um, and then if you want to continue with um, Audible, feel free. Uh, however, if you do want to cancel after, that's totally up to you. Um, and because we are affiliates, we do get a little bit of uh, commission from that. So any support is greatly help greatly appreciated.
0: <laughs> uh, Daniel's having a hard time today, guys. But anyways, he's right. There is a link in the show notes yeah. and in the description if you guys want to get a free audiobook. But we're going to be discussing... This book, because it's very interesting. And uh, to give you a little summary of what Mm. this book is about, it is basically a uh, book which... Explores the concept of dating and romance and marriage and love mm-hmm. uh, within the context of time, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah. So it kind of talks about how the dating world and the the world of romance has changed throughout the last few generations, exactly. and what it looks like today, and some of the struggles, also some of the good things about the. Mm-hmm romance world today
1: exactly so there's definitely there's definitely some like not to, I don't want anyone to think that this is going to be like a very um negative because there's a, a negative podcast sort of because there's definitely some positives with the with the dating scene today but then also it kind of you're right it like outlines you know some of the kind of issues and things that also go on but also the positives as well um of this this era this era of dating yes. um and actually for somebody for like myself this is actually very very uh Uh, timely because I'm going back to Calgary where I will be single as fuck um, and I will be entering (laughs) the dating world there. So, you know, I can I can take some pointers if anyone has any advice that they want to give. Send my way to my uh, very unsuccessful uh, love quest so far. Oh, God Um, damn, Daniels. Are you going
0: to are you going to go straight into the dating world?
1: Uh, probably not, (laughs) if I'm honest. Well, I mean, you got
0: to do the two-week quarantine first. Exactly. So
1: when I get there, I have to to quarantine because I could be Mm -hmm. a, a carrier of this silent enemy, you know? so who knows
0: um yeah oh no. my god no it's the invisible enemy i can't Anyway, <laughs> uh, so oh god so no well i think that you're going to be bored during your two-week quarantine and you're going to download some apps perhaps
1: are you assuming that i don't have those apps already on my phone right? Oh, i mean uh,
0: <laughs> 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 all right you guys god. so um i think daniel has a little little um maybe agenda for us. This might be separated into a few different episodes because there's a lot of uh, things to discuss. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, we like to go on and on and on and we like to go into different topics and we just like to chat. Exactly. So, exactly. Buckle up guys. Buckle up. Buckle
1: up. You're <laughs> in for a little, a, a little treat. Uh, this, mm-hmm. this podcast episode. So I, I don't know what the so, best way to do mm-hmm. this. Cause basically what I did is I just kind of like listened to the book, took some notes on different chapters and things like that. So I thought we'll just go through it and see where this journey takes us. Um, okay, sure. As starting with the beginning, which the first kind of like topic is all about searching for your soulmate. Um, mm-hmm. now the interesting thing here is this idea of a soulmate or who you get married to has, substantially changed in the last kind of decade. You know what I mean? Like back, back before, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So back before, maybe our parents, or maybe even more so like our grandparents' generation, um, people married typically very young and very quickly. And part of the reason for that is, and this was like some part of it, but, um, part of the reason is Women, especially, they were, um, wanted to, they might've lived with their parents and they weren't technically supposed to like leave their parents' house and get that kind of level of independence until they married somebody else and left and went to live with their husband. Right. Um, but a lot of the, like women would say, even when they got married and moved into their husband's house, it's like, things didn't really change from them living with their parents as much. you know what I mean? They didn't get that much, as much freedom as they wanted. Um, And a lot of the and a lot of the marriages in the past back then, it was like more a marriage of and I'm not I don't want to like discredit people's marriages from this time because this is not what I mean. But like back then it was more of a marriage of like almost like necessity or like kind of like a, a way of, again, gaining that freedom versus finding somebody that you feel essentially like an initial like connection and also somebody that might compliment you and have that level of um, like equality and stuff within the relationship. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Is that, is that okay? Should I, should I interject? I don't know.
1: Interject. How are we going to do this, Daniel? You you seem
0: to be struggling a little bit. Can I help you? Yes, you can help (laughs) me go for
1: it. I'm struggling today, guys.
0: Are you reading the notes, mm. or are you just kind of going off? I'm on... going
1: off on tangents, reading some of these notes. <laughs> you know, another okay. Well, one one stat that that okay. kind of that kind of exemplifies this, and let's get into this topic right after. Okay, sure, so sure. So the sure. stat that okay. exemplifies this, which is quite, I found shocking. Like this actually blew my mind, is the fact that um, so they did like a focus group with some like older people in I think it was like Philadelphia um, mm. or somewhere in the states, and basically. Uh, They found out that at at this like old folks home that they were doing this um, survey with a lot of the people that were married, they married someone that who was within a walking distance of their childhood home. And Mm. in some cases, it was people that lived in the same building as like their parents or like literally were like next door neighbors to them. Um, And it was we know
0: the percentage.
1: Yeah. So it said that one third lived within the same neighborhood. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: One sixth lived within the same block. And Mm. one-eighth, so one-eighth of that number, lived within the same building.
0: Right. Crazy. I mean, it's not really crazy if you think about it, because at Mm. that time, I mean, especially when it was like a, what, how many years ago was that? It's quite a long time ago. And at that time, you know, not everybody went to university. Not Mm. everybody had a chance to travel. We're all just kind of within the space that we're in. We're just within this, um, you know, little bubble, if you will. So that's where you meet people True. and we, you know, people have this concept of like, let's talk about the soulmate thing because yeah. the whole concept of soulmate, um, the whole concept of romanticism and mm. like romance, that kind of like really passionate love. That's actually quite new. They say yeah. that in, yeah, historically speaking, if you look at the history of humans, mm. um, it's actually really, really Uh, a new phenomenon, this idea that we have to like love each other so much and like everything has to align. And, you know, we're sitting there just like looking at each other with like lovey-dovey eyes. Like that's a very new concept. Yeah. So it, especially, and it's, it's obviously become more of a concept now that Mm. especially now women have a chance to, you know, be independent financially. Mm. You know, we have a chance to live, you know, alone even, crazy. Right. Um, (laughs) so, so now we can choose Mm. rather than be almost obliged to get married.
1: It's, it's interesting because one of the, one of the things that they said, uh, that they said in this, this book as well was talking about, you know, like about, about 50 years ago, people were really satisfied with what they called a companion marriage. So what he meant by that, it was like everyone had like very, very defined roles within the relationship. So the man was the breadwinner. He would go to the office and work and do whatever else. The women, Um, kept the house and raised the kids. And the satisfaction, I guess, or the fulfillment that they would get from that relationship is how well they were able to complete their defined roles, right? Where, whereby that, I think, I think part of it is our definition of relationships are changing, but also I think part of it is also the um, economic factors have also come into play as a huge, huge part here. Because I think like, you know, back 50 years ago, you know, women, it wasn't a necessity necessarily for women to work. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, you know, whereas now it's becoming more and more common and actually more and more, it's a need, like you have to have both partners working, um, in order to support a household.
0: Yeah. And also the fact that it wasn't even really appropriate for women to work at that time, you know, women weren't expected to work and also it wasn't a necessity. So Mm -hmm. it's both of those factors. It's like women, you know, the expectation was that the woman stays home with the kids and does the housework. Mm. And because that's already kind of, that's the clearly defined role that we've already accepted to have. It doesn't mean that everyone was happy with it. Of course not, which is why things have changed. But, you know, if that is the social expectation, people are just going to do it without questioning. But now we have all these choices, which we're going to talk about all of that. Oh God, the choices. Yeah. Um, So some of the good things that came out of this kind of the older, you know, uh, you know, concept of marriage and love is that people were more satisfied uh, because they had less expectations essentially. Yes.
1: Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is, this is a huge thing because it's like, uh, what is that saying? There's like an expression, but it's like, if you set your expectations low, uh, not yeah. saying that you, you should necessarily <laughs> do this, but the lower you set your expectations, no matter what happens, if it kind of, whatever's going on is like, at least kind of meets those expectations or even yeah. goes a little bit above those expectations, you're going to be like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Yep. But you're right because we've seen this shift where we're like looking now for like more, uh, our soulmates, our life partners, our, you know, our other half, as we like to say, mm-hmm. um, the expectation has changed so much from just being like, I want somebody that has a good job. That's not enough mm-hmm. anymore. I want somebody that has a or good
0: job. You want somebody that has a good job and you can kind of get along with. Yeah. You know? That was like the expectation maybe before.
1: Yeah. As long as you can get along at a bare minimum level and they had a good job, it was fine. I had a fantastic marriage. Yeah. (laughs) And it was funny because like they did say though too, is like, we're not saying that all of these marriages were like loveless. Like of course course. some of them were, but a lot of people in this generation, they grew to love each other. You know what I mean? They were together for so long. And even though they might not have had the the passion or they, maybe they did, but they didn't have the same. um, What am I trying to say? Like nowadays, when you meet somebody and if it is like that connection on a soulmate level, you feel more fulfilled. I feel like from that relationship than you, than, than in the past.
0: Now, what they say is that it is much harder to find that, you know, really passionate love yeah. that everyone seems to want now. You know, everyone mm. has these high expectations. Maybe it's Hollywood. Maybe it's all the movies. Maybe it's so much of culture and everything just intertwined. And we expect some sort of extremely passionate, amazing love. Everything is fantastic. True, true, true. We, we have so much in common. And so like we have the exact same humor and everything's just perfect. So we, we expect something that is very difficult to find. Mm. So Is it fantastic if you find it? Of course. The chances of you finding it though is going to be very rare. And so everyone else that doesn't find it, maybe like 10% of people find it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone else that doesn't find it is going to be less fulfilled in that relationship. So we're constantly looking for that 10%.
1: Yeah. And that's the problem. No, no, exactly. Whereas
0: reality is most people can probably, if they have certain, you know, relatively, you know, realistic expectations, mm. then most people people can probably find uh, something that's, you know, reasonably good. And you're right, like, there's so much to say about learning to love somebody. Yeah. It's not that you have to force it, but usually, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, after you spend a bit of time with somebody, unless they're mm. horrible people, you probably get fond of each other. And if you're, yeah. you know, you're both uh, straight and you're of the opposite sex, then there's a high chance that you're going to feel feelings for each other later on down the line, Mm -hmm. if you can get along Mm -hmm. Um, and same with you. Like if you were with, let's say you were friends with a gay guy Mm -hmm. um, for a very long time and then you might end up feeling something for each other, even though initially there was no spark, you know, as we like to call it.
1: That initial, that initial spark, you know, that, that, that flame. (laughs) <laughs> which is
0: so overrated, but we're all looking for it because mm. of, I don't know, so much indoctrination. I don't know so yeah. much Hollywood influence. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause they, they, they were also mentioning like, yeah, you're w- exactly what you said. Like these soulmate s- marriages, like finding your soulmate. I think within that, if you do are one of the lucky ones, you know, like one, that yeah. 10% cause it's a lot harder to find your soulmate. If you're mm. that w- lucky 10%,
0: there's no such thing as a soulmate. Just putting that right, out there, no. but continue.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Do you believe in a soulmate, Daniel?
1: I'm going to agree to disagree with you on this one, Rose, because I do... Oh,
0: you believe in a soulmate? Okay,
1: no. I don't want want to come across... Okay, I don't believe in a soulmate per se. What I believe in, I don't think that there's just necessarily one person for me out in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Mm. there's lots. But I think we have lots of different soulmates across the world. I don't think that there's one person in this entire world for me. But I think we have lots of soulmates. So I think that it's still a thing. Oh,
0: you're so cute. I mean, I think there's lots of people that we can potentially fall in love with yeah and lots of people that we can connect with mm. um i think soulmate is a very uh it's a very uh <laughs> cute fairy tale way of looking at uh love
1: maybe this is maybe, <laughs> honestly rose maybe this is my issue that's why you're single exactly i come into this with this like kind of like i don't know puppy dog like eyes, ho- eyes yeah, <laughs> hopeless romantic and then i just get my heart trampled on and no. just like Horrible things happen to me.
0: The issue is exactly this. The issue is exactly what we're talking about. And the same with me and same with you is that we expect uh, the butterflies. We expect this, you know, uh, this instant connection, instant spark. But it's very, I mean, I've almost never had that. So, but I have had situations where, you know, I spend some more time with somebody Mm -hmm. and then I develop feelings over time which happens much more frequently than the other way around. Yeah. You know, very rarely do I like feel an instant connection. And even if I do yeah. later on, I'm disappointed.
1: I think this is, uh, this is the thing. I think this is actually something mm-hmm. that I'm like a point that I'm going to take on board for my own dating when I get back to Calgary. <laughs> um, but it was also mentioned, um, uh, Aziz had said in the book, he like was doing the same like dating pattern. Like he was going out to clubs until like three in the morning, getting drunk, right. meeting people. Um, and he was like, Hey, I need to change my pattern of what I'm doing. Like, you know, maybe go to a place and go home by a, or whatever, like don't stay out so late because the people that like generally if you're staying out late and other people are staying out late, you're going to meet only certain types of people. And he also said, if you go on a date with somebody, like we're all looking for that, um, like you said, that spark, right? But like 99.99999% of the time, (laughs) you're not going to get that on a first date. And he said like, and and like I echo what you said. It's like I've been on many dates and like there's been a, I think I've maybe had one that I actually had that spark. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But most of them, it's like, if you go on a few more dates, then you might get that potential. And he said, like, for example, he went on a date with a girl. And let's say the date he rated it 8 out of 10. Had a great time, whatever else. He wants to date them again. But most of the dates are 6s or 7s out of 10s. And he he's always looking for that 8 or 9. But he's like, if I went out with a girl the first night, it was a 6 out of 10, then we go on the second date, we're both a bit more comfortable with each other, loosened up a little bit. All of a sudden, that 6 out of 10 becomes now an 8 or 9 out of 10. So if you start, mm-hmm. like giving people a little bit more of a chance and maybe not writing them off right away. Um, and yeah. and thinking of that again, that elusive spark and thinking, okay, actually maybe, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Like I've been on many, I call them like one day. You're, one,
0: it, you are incredibly guilty of this. Uh,
1: I'm so bad. I call them one date wonders. This is the thing. Like <laughs>
0: I'll
1: go on one date and then I'm just like, Oh, that wasn't so great. I don't think I'm going to go out with them again, but I've had some really bad experiences as well. So those are legit. Yes. Like those ones I'm, so, I'm you know, well,
0: I was talking to my friends about this and I feel like, uh, you should have a three date rule. Yeah. So the rule is that unless the first date was absolutely awful. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if the person was like awful, then obviously don't go out with them again. But there's so many dates where you're right. It's like maybe even a five or six. It's just kind of like really mediocre, Mm -hmm. but also you just don't know each other yet. You exactly. Know, well, you've literally it. spent what, three hours together, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you decide you just write them off. I mean, again, I'm guilty of this. Yeah. But you know, so that's the rule, Daniel. Mm. Three dates minimum.
1: <laughs> oh God. Sometimes <laughs> What I a s-
0: waste of time I know. Of my <laughs> life.
1: <laughs> this is we're so bad. <laughs> I say
0: this shit, but it's so uh, but you know what's so annoying? Let me just go on a little rant. Okay, tangent. yeah, just please. Okay, please. go on a little rant. Yeah. Okay. The what's what's really annoying is And inevitable Mm. is that when you're younger, you know, you're just kind of, I guess it's the same, I guess, if you work in an office in a way, but when you're younger and you're in school, right, you're spending a lot of time with your classmates and, you know, you just end up, like we said, you just spend time with each other and then you end up liking somebody. Maybe you have Mm. a little crush, which I used to get. I haven't had a crush in many years because I just don't have that opportunity, Mm. um, You know, like a a real crush, you know, when you just like spend time with each other and then you just kind of like, you know, feel like, you know, you feel those feelings. Mm. It's different from when you date. I feel like it's different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So of course, I you know, I've dated and stuff in the recent years, Mm. but the feeling of a crush is a different, uh, is a different feeling. And it's so hard to find in the modern dating sphere Mm. because of exactly those reasons, because you don't want to go on like 20 dates with somebody to find out that, you're not into them or i mean and also the idea that you're going on a date you already have this imp- how it's already implied that you were meeting romantically exactly so it's not that you're meeting very organically mm. like you're just you know spending time together in a classroom or maybe you're working together but yeah. the fact of the, the fact is that you're going on a date so mm. you already expect and you're already looking for those certain things that you you want so exactly. if they don't have those things you're going to be disappointed and you're going to say okay no next
1: mm. <laughs> it's so, this is the thing. And it's so hard. Like I've always like, I've always like had a dream, not a dream or like a a fantasy or whatever of being able to meet (laughs) somebody organically. And I think (laughs) like, because like the thing is, is especially like when I'm going through union stuff, I like went out all the time. I had such large groups of friends and like, I just, and then if I wasn't able to meet somebody organically then it's like, okay, now my like social sphere is getting smaller and smaller as Mm -hmm. I'm getting older. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I just it's think harder and harder. Yeah. Cause I would have, I would have loved to like, don't get me wrong. Like, okay, we've all been on the dating apps, blah, 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 blah. But it would have been so nice just to like meet, have a friend, a good friend. Like you said that maybe you studied with, or maybe you worked with and you started growing feelings for each other. And like organically it formed into a relationship from a, like a friendship. And yeah. then, you know, you've ended up getting married and having some <laughs> little, little babies, you know?
0: But then within the modern, um, world you know mm. people still have high expectations and then maybe yeah. you feel like you're missing out like let's say you met someone in in university right mm. you exact specifically you daniel let's yeah. say you met somebody in okay. university and you guys just you know had a crush on each other and then you fell in love and then you got into a relationship and then you know later on maybe you you wanted to get married but then you realize you're like oh my god i haven't experienced modern dating you know and then you're like oh you know, those people are just going out and meeting different people. What if, what yeah. if I pick the wrong person? What if there is something better out there? And then mm. you, that might ruin a relationship as well.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Well, they did say, um, there was like a stat or something again, I'm not going to quote it exactly. Cause I don't remember, but it was like saying something like around people that marry under, I think it was 25 or 26 people that marry before right. that reaching that age are like, um, Sorry, no people that marry after twenty five or twenty six. So you're into mm-hmm. your older twenties are mm-hmm. are far less likely to get divorced than those that are that marry, right? You know, in you like around uni time, or let's say I met somebody in uni and ended up marrying them, and like I don't know, like
0: that's not surprising at all, is no, it? No,
1: not at all. And I know people, like I'm not obviously not going to name any names, but like I know people that have that have already like our age and already are on their onto their either coming up to their second marriage or are in, are divorced, you know? So yeah. Like it definitely happens. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: it definitely happens. Um, yeah. I mean, but one of the good things about about the modern, you know, world of romance or whatever is that Mm. you know we do have that choice. So in some ways, it is good. You know, it's Mm. not like everyone wants to get married. It's not like everyone wants you know that. You know, family life.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I feel like women are less pressured. There's still pressure, but I think compared to back when, you know, our grandparents were alive, or our, our grandparents were young, I mean, or back when even our parents were young, there's so much pressure for, especially young women, but not yeah. all just young women, but everybody. There was so much pressure for young women to get into a marriage immediately and they might be in an abusive marriage. They might be in a shitty, a really, really shitty situation, but it's hard for them to get out. It's hard for them to get divorced. It's very Mm, frowned upon. mm. So in some ways it is better this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think so. I think, I think, and I, again, I don't want to speak on behalf of like all those marriages from the past and stuff, but I do think, Mm -hmm. you know, by a lot of like, especially like in Canada and stuff, empowering women and without now that women are able to Mm -hmm. work and, you know, kind of be, be, um, keepers of their own destiny, so to speak, and they're not as much as like because in the past it was more like you know, if you're if you were a do- if you were yourself and your parents are married, and then you can't leave the house until you marry another guy, it's almost like you're just being passed off, you know what I mean? Like to somebody, just totally. to, as someone else is like almost prop, not like kind of like property.
0: Well, think about, think about the just to sorry to interrupt, but think about the. Uh, the concept of a wedding, right? Even mm. in a wedding, you have, you walk down the aisle with your dad and then he passes you off to your husband. Yeah. So that tradition came from the idea that a woman yeah. is only uh, someone's property. Yeah. Essentially.
1: And, and in addition to that, you, well, and the, obviously this is now changing with the times as well, but you as the woman, you're the mm-hmm. one that has to change your last name. Not the man. Exactly. You are yeah. now, you are now part of his <laughs> family. So it's like, oh, it's she- like, Oh god damn, Rose! This is mm-hmm. crazy. It's ball. messed up. Yeah. Well, so, like, what
0: are you gonna do when you walk down the aisle, Daniel? Is your dad uh, gonna pass you off? <laughs> are you gonna uh, wear the white dress? <laughs>
1: oh god damn! I'll look damn good in a white dress, Rose. Well, um, you no.
0: would look good in a white. <laughs>
1: <dress>. <laughs> no, I don't even. I actually haven't even thought about it to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. I don't yeah. know. I'm not. I'm probably not gonna have like a traditional.
0: Yeah, wedding, of course. Se. I mean, um, nothing about a gay wedding is traditional, but it would exactly, still be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, I him. think I think it would look good if one guy wore white, like a white yeah. suit, and then one guy wore a black suit. That would look mm-hmm. really cute.
1: Yeah, that would be know. cool, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, and then I th- maybe, like, both your parents can, like, walk you down the aisle, and that would be cute.
1: Oh, well, Rose, maybe know. maybe when I get to that, that that stage, you can help me and be my assistant can wedding I planner. Can I be your brass?
0: What, what do you call it? Can I be your... What, what, not bridesmaid. Maid gr- of honor. <laughs> are you? i better be a I, motherfucking maid of honor.
1: Oh god, damn! the the the, the nails are out. Um, <laughs> no, of course, of course. Come on, let's not even let's not even kid about oh, it. God, I'll be your um, flower
0: girl as well. Oh, god
1: damn, <laughs> Rose, you're gonna be anyway. multiple people in the, the ring bearer, Ooh. the flower. You' gonna be running Ooh. around that wedding like crazy. <laughs>
0: Sing re- in your wedding too. Oh, yeah, you God can damn! Sing. You don't need to hire nobodies.
1: You can be the p- you can be the piano player. You can do the social media, the photography,
0: oh, God. <laughs> no, the videographer. I'd, ra-
1: I'd rather you just be um, getting drunk with me and enjoying it. <laughs>
0: oh, yes, that I can well, definitely do. That is well, a task I am willing to take on.
1: Okay, good. What well, we do best, you know?
0: Oh um, God!
1: God damn!
0: Okay. What? Okay. So there we go. What yeah. else?
1: So then, so that we kind of like talk, <laughs> oh, God damn. So yeah, we talked oh, about no, how- no.
0: Another point I want to make, another point I want to make okay. yeah. is that basically, uh, essentially, the, the reason why back in the day, people met people within the confines of a geographical space mm-hmm. And also got married really quickly and got married, you know, maybe easily, very young Mm -hmm. is also because of that concept of choice because they didn't have that much choice because it's not like right now where we're kind of living in this, like just this giant uh, country that we call earth, right? Everything is very interconnected Mm -hmm. and it's very easy for us to travel. It's very easy for us to be connected to each other. We can call each other over Skype. We can talk to people from anywhere in the world. And mm-hmm. at that time, you couldn't. You could only choose people that were within your geographical location. So exactly. that's another reason why they were easily able to. Um, there's so many factors, but that's why yeah. a lot of people got married early mm-hmm. and married people within the confines of their space.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because they they also talk about like how well how they met people changed drastically. So you know when we did get this this period of time where women started to move into the workplace and started to go to more to universities and things, we saw that shift of like in the past it would be like your neighbor that you met because you know again as a, a woman in your house maybe you didn't get the liberties of going to travel and do all this stuff. You were always with your family, so it would be like your parents were your matchmaker. Maybe you met them at church. That was another big place that they they met people, and it would just be the and again. And these are things that you're doing in your local community versus mm-hmm. a little bit later, uh, when, when more and more women were going to university, they were, you know, at the, and they'd meet their partners there maybe, or at their first job. So it kind of shifted a little bit. Um, it was interesting cause they also mentioned this concept and I, I think this is another like really, really big one. And it was, it's called emerging. It was like emerging adulthood. So it was saying about mm-hmm. how, how we as a society, like now back in the day, like, you know, we would become adults quite quickly. You know what I mean? Like we'd leave our parents place. We would like start working right away. We would like, you know, get married really quickly, have kids, all this stuff. Whereas now it's like more and more people are kind of pushing this timeline out where we're, you know, staying with our parents for a bit longer and, you know, doing, you know, being a bit more slow and, you know, getting a career job, all of this kind of stuff. Um, and one concept that he talked about, which was quite funny, is he was talking about like, okay, as you leave your parents' place and you're in like a hallway, you have doors, which are your options. Mm. Um, and he was like, back in the day, you know, you didn't really, you kind of just saw a door, you you, you just took it. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah, perfect, happy with this, whatever. And then he's basically was saying like, because of this new concept of emerging adulthood is we're not like fully, well, back, you know, in your early 20s, you're not like, you're a, an adult, but like not fully an adult, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it kind of gives you this extended opportunity to, not have to commit to any doors and you can kind of hang right. out in the hallway of a million doors, right. you know? Like, right. Right. So I was like, Oh, that was it's kind true. Of, mm-hmm. It's like one it's of those, it, it, like, that
0: is interesting. Cause before mm-hmm. there was no like emerging adulthood, you would just like no. go from kid to adult. Cause you're just going from what high school. And then you just, what? Get married and then have kids. Well, th-
1: this is exactly it. Like they would, and literally, and and for women, like it's like for women they yeah. didn't have the option to leave their parents' house until they had a partner to go to go live right. with them. So for them, there was no emerging out ad- adulthood. It was you were a kid, then you're married and you have kids. So like the, you didn't yeah. have that extended period where we're like more testing the waters and yeah. trying out different things. And of course, this concept is, is going to change the the face of dating in that time, right? So as that started mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. become more and more of a trend, it's going to like um, drastically change how we date and also how we look for partners as well.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Very Mm -hmm. interesting. I I
1: was just like, honestly, some of this stuff, I was just like, oh my (laughs) God. Um, It's true.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. That's why we, we just talked about this, but that's why we grow up so slowly now. Mm. No. Um, I was, I was talking to my, um, my mom the other day and I was just like, I feel like people these days, we just don't grow up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're just like, you know, I mean, I'm, we're both in our thirties and sometimes that's shocking to me.
1: I know. You know? I, cause I think like, and I, I, we did talk about this earlier, but like, I think a big part of it as well, like, yes, we're in our thirties and I'm just like, I still don't feel like I'm, I, I obviously I feel like an adult. Like I do, I, I we do the hashtag adulting mm-hmm. and everything else, but I think a big part of it mm-hmm. is because we don't have kids. I feel like as soon as we yeah, have yeah. kids, like that's going to be like, okay, I'm a, cause like I, 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 think about what, how, oh, oh, it's so weird. This whole concept, like I, I just turned 32, right? So it was my birthday last week, this week.
0: Oh goddamn. Um, Happy birthday, Daniels. Thank you. Um, How do you feel turning 32?
1: I honestly don't feel that different. You know what I mean? This is what I'm worried about. I'm like, okay, like not worried, but I'm like, you know, I know how when I was in my twenties, I looked at people that were 32 and I was like, oh my God, I know, like they're so old. They have their shit together. They're like parents. They're like, you know, all of this. They're like
0: full on adults.
1: Exactly. So, uh, and it's just
0: but maybe they felt the same way at that time. We don't know. Yeah. It just appears a certain way. And, but I do think it's interesting because I think like way back when, I think we talked about this in the last thing that we recorded, but, um, I think it, it's important to discuss here, mm-hmm. but like I was listening to, uh, an audiobook of something and then they showed the, uh, they, they played the audio clip of a man, I think back, I don't know, maybe in 1940s or fifties or something. Mm-hmm. And he was someone that was like, he sounded very adult, very yeah. just, you know, like the the olden age American um, way of speaking. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like speaking just, I don't know, just very adult, and he was like, "I'm 25 years old, and I'm just like, what? holy shit, you sound like you could be 40 right now." Yeah, like even 40 year olds don't talk talk like that yeah. right now. Yeah, so like I a think very
1: mature sounding kind of voice, yes. right? Yeah,
0: but maybe that's just the way they spoke at that time too. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. Who
1: knows? Yeah. Who knows? God
0: damn. Okay, next.
1: So next, so the next kind of topic was around, I guess, okay, you've met somebody, you like them, whatever. Now it's like, well, the initial, the initial of like asking someone out and how that dynamic has oh, changed a right. lot. Um, and one of the, one of the interesting examples, and actually we've talked about this in another podcast, so it's quite <laughs> interesting. It's, it, 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 this covers a few different areas of life, not just dating, but it's the, the, the drop of people being comfortable talking on the phone versus texting or like using some kind of other form of social media to engage in conversation with somebody. So very interesting. The whole thing is like, okay, I think a lot of the, a lot of people, like if you, you would feel nervous, I think, and I think I would, I don't know about you, but like if I met somebody I liked and I had their number, I'm far more likely to text them and ask them out than to actually call them.
0: Yeah. Nobody calls anymore. Nobody. I I mean, I don't call anymore. Like, if I'm calling you, we are probably very close or I need to, like, make an appointment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to call anybody.
1: It's interesting because I know when, the, when they did these focus groups as well as part of this uh, this book, he was saying, like, there was a, a divide here, especially with women, as to what they preferred, if they preferred to be called or text. Um, and one, one person actually made a really good point. I noted it down here. She was saying like, okay, a lot of, a lot of the women were like, if a guy called me, she would be like freaked out. Cause she was like, nobody calls me unless it's like some serious issue. You know what I mean? Like it would Mm -hmm. just be weird. But then one girl was like, it indicates like, she was like, it indicates a better caliber of man, like that he's Mm. taking the initiative and, you know, putting, putting himself out there and being willing to, um, Put, yeah, I guess put himself out there in fear of just rejection. Just being courageous, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And she said mm. like, Go yeah, yeah. She was, I, I just think it, it's kind of like she was saying it separates the people that were just like texting and stuff for a guy to actually pick up the phone and call. And then also she was saying like, you know, Our concept, and I don't know how to—I don't know how to articulate this properly. So you might have to assist me on this one, Rose, because I'm like all over the place (laughs) today. As always, yeah, I have (laughs) have had a couple drinks. So um, oh
0: goddamn, Daniel, when do you not have a couple drinks? (laughs) No, we need to do another drunken podcast. Oh yeah,
1: someone—someone actually wrote in our Instagram, I think it was—and they're like, this is overdue. I think I posted one of us, and I was like, we should do another one. And everyone's like, yes, yes, do another one.
0: Oh, my God. People just like us better when we're drunk. I don't know if this know. is a good thing.
1: Because we are fun <laughs> when we're drunk, Rose. God damn. Oh, wait,
0: I, I, I like to believe we be fun when we not be drinking, but you're no, right. No, we course. probably more fun when we be drinking.
1: I think we're fun 24-7. Oh,
0: oh God damn. Oh, God damn. And the t- Southern Rose and Daniel come out more <laughs> when we be drinking. That'd be true.
1: I, have you been drinking as well, Rose? God damn. Oh, I, um, I
0: ain't been drinking. God damn. Yeah.
1: So... <laughs> the, <laughs> The one example that they were using about how like text kind of separates you from like, um, and I don't know if this is a good example, but they were saying like, basically you wouldn't text. Like if you were canceling dinner with like your parents or your grandparents, generally you would probably like, and I know this is d- like a different example, but you would pick up the phone and have a chat with them to like, let them know. So she was like, uh, kind of like saying like, by, uh, by calling, it makes it seem like it's more not serious, but like, um, the person's actually interested, instead of just a quick text.
0: I think that's just based on the concept of calling. How do I say this? It's just sub. It's just subjective of the time frame that we're in. Yeah. That's just the. That's just the. Um, that's her. Um, her. Help me out. It's Ooh. her.
1: Her rationalization uh, of the yes, situation.
0: Yes. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. It's just we communicate differently. And exactly. you're right, like in some ways because of the time that we live in, mm-hmm. we have certain uh, romanticization of our past ways of communication. And mm-hmm. it literally the same thing has always happened. Yeah. When Um, depending on the time that you're in certain modes of communication were deemed as you know not good because it's going to cause this problem and this problem like even when the concept of writing came about you know there was some issues with that so Mm -hmm. every single this kind of stuff changes from generation to generation whenever a new mode of communication is introduced it doesn't there's going to be some problems with it there's all there's also going to be some good things about it so i don't think it's necessarily true that oh just because somebody calls me that means he cares bitter, about me more or like exactly. wants me more. That's just yeah. complete nonsense. It just depends on how comfortable that person is mm. with calling. Like some people just, you know, maybe they're just not used to calling people. Like, exactly. You know, yeah.
1: True, true. You know what true. I mean? No, I so, get I get that.
0: And but I'll, I mean, she's right that it does maybe say something about somebody if they're able to call versus yeah. text and mm. um but it's just texting is now a very normal mode of communication so mm. that's what we do now True. and I mean, I don't know, because before, maybe when the telephone came out, maybe people still said, well, I would take you most seriously if you just came over to my house in person. And knocked on but the imagine, door. Yeah, 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 Exactly. But imagine if somebody came over to your house, somebody that you don't even know that well, mm. came to your house, knocked on your door right now. It's just not appropriate for the time that we live. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, so, but it's not. It's like, so true. We're, you would think that that person is a fucking psycho or, you know, stalking you.
1: That's so true. Because back in the day, like that would have been common, right? Like some guy would have been like, oh, can, exactly. I ask, can I ask Mary Jo Sue out or whatever, ask the parents you know because I saw her walking and she's so beautiful like
0: Mary Jo Sue okay continue
1: Um, but it's interesting because okay so we talk about this like new form of communication not new form but it is Mm -hmm. a new form texting and things it is it's very new yeah it, it brings out this rise of okay for example first of all texting versus calling and also seeing someone in, in, in in person texting is not a very forgiving medium. Do you know what I mean? Like for mistakes, for misinterpretations, because this is where I think that, that the texting world can be a absolute minefield. And also (laughs) because of texting and WhatsApp and all this stuff, we're getting into this cycle of instant gratification. Right. So like we instantly want to hear back. And now there's become this whole like new concept of modern dating where I just don't even, I don't know if it's a new concept, but it's like, um, uh, how long do I wait to text? Why haven't they responded to my text? What's going on? And you get this almost like this roller coaster of emotion. Cause you get this high when you get a text from somebody, right? You're like, Oh my God, they've messaged right. me or whatever. Then you text them and then you can see that they've read it or whatever else. And you're like, Oh, well yeah. they've, they've read the message. They've been online. Why
0: didn't they respond?
1: Exactly. Do they wait, not wh- like me? Exactly. <laughs> and then you start going through it, and then maybe two days later you get a message back and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I was really busy, blah, 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 blah. But you already have like all of these preconceived ideas in your head. Like, Oh, they don't like me. They're playing, right. they're playing games with me. Like it's,
0: I it's, know it's crazy. It's crazy. And I remember also like back when I was living in London, um, cause I was using WhatsApp obviously. And yeah. that's when the blue ticks came out. For the yes. first time yeah, so you yeah. know how like before they actually didn't have the red messages yeah. so you couldn't tell if somebody had read your message but then they started doing these blue ticks and i swear to god this is just like all of these modes of communication trying to fuck with us okay yeah. so then they gave these blue ticks so now we can see when they fucking read the message and i was like oh my god and this was when i was like actively like dating casually dating so i would be like yeah. talking to talking to like men and then like I, I didn't open the message purposefully so that you know yeah. they don't see that I read it. And then sometimes I would send a message and I would see that they read it and they don't respond for like hours. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's yeah. like, it fucks with your head.
1: Of course. It's like, it's like all of a sudden now we have this new facet of like, um, like, it, it is this instant gratification. And if you know that somebody's yeah. read it, you're like, oh, well, why haven't they responded? What's going on? Whereas like, it's funny because like in the book, they use an example of like um, classified ads in newspapers. So like back in the, oh, it, yeah. during the, during the like seventies or eighties, people would put like, I don't know if it may in the nineties as well. I'm not sure. And they would put like a classified ad in the paper. And one guy who they interviewed was like, yeah, I'd put a classified ad and then it would, it would like have his phone number. So people could call and leave like a voicemail or something. Or like, like an a, ad
0: for dating, right? Like an yeah, online an ad for dating. Ad for yeah. dating. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I'd put in my ad and that's where like a lot of the dating abbreviations came about as well. Cause you could only have so many words in the, in the ads. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. yeah
1: so you'd be like, I don't, I can't think I of any off the top yeah. of my head at the moment, but like, you know, um, like so M
0: who, for male or like, yeah. um, like, yeah, shit like that. I can't remember. Yeah.
1: Uh, like M, M for, uh, M for female, whatever, you know, like the random like stuff like this, W like male. for
0: white or yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
1: <laughs> And so this guy was like, yeah, I put this ad up. And he said, you know, there'd be like a number for the people to call and then they could leave a voicemail for him. And he was like, yep, I'll, you know, I put the ad up and then he would check his voicemail like at the end of the week or maybe another week. So he it would go like every week, not like this instant, like, and he was like, I was right. the rest of the week. He was fine. Not really thinking about it. Then would get excited, check them on Friday. And that was it. You know what I mean? There wasn't this whole right. like texting where it was like, oh my God, they've read my message. What, it, you know, this extra kind of level of, uh-huh. of, um, stress, stress. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's true. And I was going to say, didn't you, didn't, didn't you coin a, a, a term for when these blue ticks came out?
0: Oh, I, I called it the blue ticks of doom. <laughs> yes.
1: I remember, you know, I thought it was death, but doom works too. Oh, the I blue just ticks of like, doom. Oh because God, it's Daniel, just, it's the like blue ticks. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause you don't want, you also don't want them to get the blue ticks because I yeah. didn't want them to think that I read it and like, am I, I'm ignoring, ignoring them. Ignoring
1: them. Yeah. Um,
0: but I also don't want to read it right away and respond right away. And it's like, it's just stressful because sometimes, and like, sometimes it's so stupid because I'm like, okay, I'm busy. So I'm not going to respond immediately, but I see that I got the message. So there's really nothing wrong with me reading the message, but because I know that the other person, because the the mode of communication is just so, it's very, you know, it's very shallow. Like you don't get much out of this, right? So you don't know what the other person is going through. You don't know what is happening. So Mm. all you're doing is just seeing that they've, They've read the message. That's all. Like that literally just means they opened up the goddamn you know messaging app. Okay, exactly. But then all of these ideas are going through the other person's head. Like, Mm -hmm. did they read it? Why did they not respond? Are they busy or are they ignoring me? So, that's, oh, it's just. Blue ticks of doom. Blue ticks of doom. <laughs> who made up with it? Like, who did this? Okay? I know. They're I like, know let's fuck with people. Exactly. They're already having a hard time dating. Let's just fuck with people. Exactly. Let's just make them more stressed and make them more addicted to this, to this app. So that yeah. they're constantly on it, checking if they've read the message.
1: Exactly. And that whole level mm-hmm. of instant gratification and, you yeah. know, getting like, yeah, those blue ticks like instantly like, oh my God, like... And they read it.
0: Oh my God. Adding, and then you can see them typing. Yeah. Oh,
1: this is the worst you don't need to know. You don't need to know that somebody's cause then you'll see them type. Like, let's say you're on the, let's say you're on WhatsApp. Yeah. Right. And you're chatting with somebody. Cause I've had this happen before where i will be like, I see the blue ticks. They've read my message. And then I see them typing. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I'm just like, kind of like, and then they stop, and then they stop <laughs> typing and then they're typing again and then they stop and then no message gets sent. And I'm like, oh,
0: God damn. What what what, yeah. what,
1: are you, what were you writing? Why why did you stop writing? Why did you not send me a message?
0: <laughs> like,
1: and you honestly you. Have and then you're like, like,
0: should I send another message or am I going to sound crazy?
1: Exactly. Well, this is another thing too. It's like, mm-hmm. how many messages should I send? Do you know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden now. Yeah you know, if I send a couple messages, yeah. is, this, is this too many? Have I, have I crossed the line? If I sent yeah. one, two, and I'm like, I'm really bad. Cause I've gotten into this habit. I remember when I first started texting, I would send like block texts, you know what I mean? Like one yeah. SMS or whatever. And now like with WhatsApp, I'll like text as I'm thinking. So I'll like write yeah. a sentence, send it, write something else, send it. And it will be like five or six different like WhatsApp messages. But you know what I mean? Like I barely write. I think a huge, most people do that now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, does that make me look crazy if I keep sending a guy these messages like I don't oh, know? Oh
0: god. Like, oh god. And another thing that you mentioned is like texting is less forgiving because yeah. you it's it's just not a very good form of communication to actually convey who you are, right? Cuz it's like exactly. it's just a written few words. So you're not going to actually get to know mm. anybody over text. And like, I mean, Daniel's a great example because he's a he's the the worst texter in the world. Uh <laughs> I, like, I have I do Oh, this Daniel, you're pretty bad Rose. at texting. Like if I could just communicate through Daniel through text, it would be a very bad, uh it would be a very bad friendship because I would just be like, is he like I don't know. There's something about the way you text. I don't know. You sometimes <gasps> just seem like uninterested. Yeah, you've gotten a bit better, but I feel yeah. like sometimes oh, I'm God. just like But then when I talk to you, it's very different, yeah, right? Because yeah, like yeah. it's just like, you know, and and it doesn't mean that you're uninterested. It's just like, not everyone texts the same and it's exactly, just writing yeah. a few words. And, and one of the things that I'm definitely guilty of is like being the grammar Nazi. It's mm. <laughs> so, like, so
1: true. Oh my God. <laughs> so when I'm
0: like, you know, maybe potentially, you know, about to date somebody. Yeah. And like, I'm talking to them over text and if their grammar is bad, it's like an instant turn off. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, like, to some extent, it's okay. But, like, if it's, like, really bad, I'm like, oh, my God. And I don't even know this person.
1: Exactly. You know? Well, this is the thing that they mentioned as well is, like, a lot of people will jump to these conclusions from text messages, such as grammar, such as this stuff. And I didn't didn't know that I, like, I um, (laughs) I, am a very uninterested texter. So this is something I need to work on because... (laughs) Maybe this is, oh my God, Rose, this is like. I'm No, maybe this like it's just
0: th- toward me because you already know me. So I'm sure True. if you text other guys, I'm sure you sound fine.
1: I don't know though. Maybe like this could be, a, this is like a therapy session for me. You know, I'm getting all this no, good. It's good- not that
0: you're, I just feel like your personality is, it doesn't shine in text. Yeah. Right. So, and I've, I've had the same opposite where I've met guys or people that are really, you know, colorful over text. And they yeah. seem like they have a really big personality and then mm-hmm. I meet them. And it's the other way around. They're yeah. actually quite shy and they don't really talk much. So mm. it's a way of communication that doesn't showcase who you actually are. Exactly. And we should be treading lightly when it comes to texting because... We can't rely on it so much as a communication uh, platform.
1: And I I agree with that. And I think a big thing about texting as well, and I just thought of this, is kind of like when you read a novel. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's say we're reading a novel or a book or whatever. There's words on the page, right? They're to convey a certain message. But everyone's going to, like, envision and imagine this book in in different ways slightly. You know, like, the forest could look different, whatever else. And so I think... When, especially when like guys or girls or whoever's texting, we take the text message and then from the pictures or whoever else that we've kind of interactions that we've had, we start to build our idea of who this person is. And that's why the mm-hmm. text is dangerous because we start to think of them in a certain way and we imagine the way that they would say it to us if we haven't met them yet. And we yeah. build up this person, you're right, then you meet them and it could be completely different than how yeah. we had imagined them from their text because it is an imagination because we don't know them at all. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why another thing about another kind of, well, rule or thing that, that was mentioned in the book as well is it's better to not, um, do the back and forth with the messages for too long before you meet somebody from online dating. This is more for online Mm -hmm. dating, but like if you've never met the person before and you're conveying back and forth, I think it was like a total of six messages is best back and forth or something. this was like the, the, (laughs) the best amount, um, But after that, you should try to meet them in person because otherwise you're going to start building this, this person up or this idea of who this person is without actually meeting them. Um, and that's true. I think that's dangerous, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I never liked to text too much because Mm -hmm. I'm like, first of all, ain't nobody got time. Okay. I don't want to be sitting on my phone all day long, not meeting somebody. That's just a waste of time. Like imagine you talk to someone for like three weeks over text Mm -hmm. and then, and then you meet them and they're just like nothing like you wanted. And then you've just wasted three weeks of your life fucking glued to your phone.
1: Well, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But this is why wow, you got, we got, uh, When I, this is oh, going to be God another dang. thing I'm going to do when I'm in Calgary is I'm going to put myself out there and. Six um,
0: messages might be a little too little though.
1: Yeah. I got to find
0: out if they're going to kill me first. That's okay. true. You know, I got to find out.
1: <laughs> and I think this is, this is us from experience as well, because like, I know yeah. I've been like saying, oh, you know, I need to be more open and stuff, but I have gone out with yeah. some fricking weirdos. Okay. Like, and I'm not being mean or anything, but I've had some horrible dates and well, I think if you want
0: to listen to our dating stories, you can, our worst dating oh, stories. Yeah. You can listen to them on our Patreon.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a Patreon exclusive guys, because that yeah. is yeah, something I'm not going to put on. Uh, we're not going to put out on the, the public domain. Oh God. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like, uh, it's, I, I, uh, there's so many different difficulties with online. There's, there's so many pros and so I know. many cons. Um, I know. and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, yeah. but anyway, on to online dating <laughs> now we're moving on. So we talked about the text well, messages yeah. and kind of went into online dating a little bit, but, um, another concept that the, the book talked about, which I really like, and I truly believe in this is now we have like almost like two, well, I don't know if I truly believe for sure, but we have two selves, right? We have our real mm. self here in the moment and then we have our right. digital self. Right. And who we convey ourselves. And like most people, I think it will be pretty similar, but there was like, there were some examples they were using where like, you know, people were getting so tired of online dating and like doing all this stuff that they would just start to become very, um, like aggressive and forward. So like saying things to people right. or like a, an example, like. Um one guy like guys might be super forward with a girl in a message, like, oh, you know, do you wanna come back to my place or you have a great, you know, rack or something? Yeah. But those same guys would never even think about doing that in person to somebody. Yeah. Or like another example is like, let's say you're on you're on you know, you're on I'm on Tinder and I see that a guy likes I don't know. What's something I really don't like. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He, he, he likes, um, hunting, for example, Hunting's okay. a good one, you know, Perfect. cause Calgary people yeah. go hunting. So he's a hunter. And so I see that in his profile or I see a picture and I'm, I'm automatically get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I mean, but that's a pretty good, oh, it's not a, that's not an example of a digital self versus a real self. Is that's it That's
1: true? No, 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 no. What I'm meaning is, okay, no, though, this is, this is okay. I know where I was going with this concept, Rose. Bear with me. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, okay. Maybe the, hunting is not the best example. No,
1: that's not a good example. Let's say he likes, like I don't know. Um, oh, fuck, I don't know. Can... He
0: likes chess. You don't yeah. like chess. Oh, yeah. okay. He likes chess.
1: Exactly. He likes, there's a better example. <laughs> he likes chess. So I see that in Insta- or Instagram or on Tinder or whatever. So I'm automatically like, nope see you later. Or Mm -hmm. it comes up chatting with him on Instagram and right away he brings that up and I just phase him out. Do you know what I mean? I just start like not really talking to him. But the funny thing is the real self, and and this is where they said there's like, sometimes this is a dangerous concept because when you're at a bar, just because you might meet somebody and actually really like them and, you know, get to know them and everything else and find out later that they like chess. And on Tinder and our digital self would have rejected them right away. But if we take the time to get to know them a little bit better, maybe we would have given them a bit more of the the time of day, you know?
0: Right. Of course. And also the concept that, for example, like if you're just on your phone and you can just swipe left, right or reject and accept or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, you can just easily do that with just like one piece of information like you said like chess or whatever it is mm-hmm. but if i were in a bar talking to somebody i wouldn't just walk out the door exactly, you know i would still yeah. have to keep talking to them just like because of social you know norm even if i'm like turned off or not not mm. wanting to but i would still continue the conversation exactly. and i mean this goes on this is relevant for every aspect of online versus reality mm. in terms of not just dating but even just like in for example, like online personas, like social media, you know, influencers, for example, people yeah. just write them off if they just do say do or say one thing that mm-hmm. might be a little bit offensive. But think yeah. about how many conversations you had with people where you don't agree with what they say or they say something like kind of crazy or a little bit offensive. But you don't just immediately be like, You're a bad person, you know? Exactly. Because you see a person is a very well-rounded individual. Like there's so many aspects mm-hmm. to one individual. So it, but then the digital world, you have to kind of, I guess, dumb it down a little bit yeah. and label people as, you know, this or that, good or bad, dateable or not dateable. Yeah. And it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm. So that's interesting.
1: No, I agree. There's there's multi there's multi facets to an individual, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I, think, I think one of the disadvantages or dangers of our digital selves and, you know, these dating apps and everything else is we are very quick to write people off. You know what I mean? We're very mm-hmm. quick to, you know we see a picture and they have like a sports Jersey of a team that we don't like. We're like, no, or, or, you know what I mean? Like we, we kind of yeah. like, we're very quick. I'm t-
0: so guilty of this.
1: Yeah. Well, we both are. I've done it as well. And it was yeah. interesting. Cause like when I, when I was listening to this, this book, I was like, oh my God, like so many examples of things that they were talking about were things that I, I have done as well. It's like, uh-huh. you know, I think that, yeah, our digital selves just become like, we, we kind of become a little bit savage to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, when we get, especially I think it's just cause, I don't know. There's well, just it's that. easier
0: to reject online. It's uh, easier to reject over this phone than in person, which 100%. is why I think one of the things that they talked about was that so many people would rather, would like so many people have broken up with somebody over, you know, the text phone messages, or like yeah. over text. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I haven't broken up with somebody over text, but I've definitely like rejected over text. Yeah. And like, because you wouldn't call them, but it's easier mm. to do that. Yeah. Whereas in person, it would be a lot harder to be like, I'm not into you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because again, like you said before, it's like a, we're, when we're our digital selves, it's like a different, but when you see yeah. the person in like reality, it's like, that's a real mm-hmm. person. It's not somebody just behind a keyboard, you know? So exactly, I think it, yeah, it becomes so easy. And I think, um, yeah, the whole like rejection thing, like I've had so many instances where like, well, not so many, but I've had a few where I've been like talking to somebody on Tinder and just been like talking to them. And all of a sudden, like, I don't even know what I said or well, because all of a sudden, you know, like sometimes sometimes people can just like um, unmatch unmatch you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll like go through and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, I guess I've, I don't know what I said or did there. They've just unmatched me. Right. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? So, and I think people haven't you
0: done the same? (laughs) Have you ever (laughs) unmatched people like that?
1: (laughs) Not like, no, I've
0: definitely done that
1: what I've done when I, cause what I did before when I was in London, right? So like, I'd have like a lot, like several matches, like I'd have Mm -hmm. quite a lot. Um, and I would message like, cause the thing is, is for a while I was like, Oh, I'm just going to like see if somebody messages me or whatever else. And, and Mm -hmm. you know, I'd get a few messages here and there, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to start like being more proactive about this. You know, I'm going to start putting myself out there. Why should they have to message me? Maybe I'm going to message them. So, I um started sending out messages and then I'd start unmatching people if like, you know, a couple they don't we- respond. Exactly. A couple of weeks went by and I never oh, okay. heard anything. So That's then I'd just be like, okay. Or yeah. or if they did say something really weird, then I'd be like, Okay, see you later. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God. Basically people have become disposable essentially yeah. with these online dating mm. um apps and well, yeah. I mean, literally you could just swipe left on somebody like yeah. it's that easy.
1: It's so funny that you say that because there's another concept in the book and I'm, I'm definitely we've gone off the notes and everything. We're just kind yeah. of like freestyling. <laughs> here. Um, but one of the concepts that they brought up was the idea of like these profiles and this the way that we date now is che- treating people more like a product than a person. So it's yeah. like, you know, you can select these things like and, and, and they, they said an interesting thing. So and I want to get your thoughts on this. They were like, OK, let's say I was looking for a certain type, like what I had in my mind of what my certain type is. I was like, OK, he's six foot one, uh, dark hair, um, like sports, blah, 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 blah. I have a list of criteria that narrow my search down. So I only see people yeah. that are based on that criteria. The interesting thing is, let's say I go out to a bar and I meet somebody that's completely not my type, somebody that I would never have yeah. come up with in my matches, <laughs> and yeah. end up dating them and having a really good relationship. So it's like you start you start to take the, um, what do they say? It's like you take the personal element out of it and you're treating totally. people like you're grocery shopping. Do you know totally. what I mean? And I th-
0: yeah, it's like you're picking out something in a catalog, which you cannot pick out in a catalog because you can't define human relationships in that exactly. way. You can't. And you're so right because I remember even ever since I was younger, you know, everyone has like a certain idea of who they might want, right? Exactly. They might, yeah, Like yeah. you said, like they want somebody that's six foot, feet tall and this and this and this, but how often do people actually end up dating or marrying that kind of dream of who they might want to be attracted to. So exactly. many people end up being attracted to people that are complete opposite of what they think that they want.
1: Exactly. So yeah. So it's an interesting one. Cause like we, we think, and this sounds really weird. Like we think we know what we want, right? We're like, okay, we have yeah. these criteria that we uh, are, are looking <laughs> yeah. to and you're right. Like so many people like, and there's been many of my friends that have said to me, like, you know, people that they've dating, they're like, well, I never, I honestly never, thought I would be with this person. It just happened. Yeah. And, you know, we're actually really in love. And I really love this guy or girl, whoever it is. Um, yeah. But it's funny because if if I had met them, I would have never met them online dating because they exactly. would never have been in my criteria. So That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting one because, like, we both have our things. Like, I have my kind of yeah. things that I think that I like. You know what I mean? That I think that mm-hmm. I want in a, in a partner. But, like, you're right. I mean, really... I don't really know until I've met somebody, you know what I mean? Until I've mm-hmm. met that person, I can say, Oh, I like X, Y, Z. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know. This but is- that,
0: that because human connection is not something that you can just put on, a, put on a catalog. Exactly. So it's like, even if somebody might meet some sort of physical criteria or even like, you know, some sort of whatever it is, some sort mm-hmm. of criteria that I put, um, if we don't have a connection, then we don't have a connection. We exactly. don't have any, you know, like I'm like, not going to be attracted to you. Exactly.
1: Like you, you could have on yours, for example, you, you want a guy that's vegan, that's six foot one, that's athletic, mm-hmm. that's all this stuff. And he could tick all those boxes and you yeah. could not have anything. Like you could not feel like, you know, a connection at all. Yeah. So, so sad. I know.
0: <laughs> so well, are we doomed, Daniel? Are no, we doomed? No, I don't think we're doomed,
1: for, <laughs> Doomed, but I do think like part of the stuff that I wanted to take, to take from this particular book and things that I are, are like more like learning experiences and like try to fine tune my dating in hopes to find somebody, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and and, you know, it's not that we're doomed, but like you said before, it's like, we're looking for something that's a lot harder to get. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves as a society. If we end up being in our thirties and we're still single looking for love and everything else, there's nothing wrong with that because actually what we're looking for is not those marriages of convenience, those, you know, those kind of, older older generation of how they were married we're looking for something where we do want to find you know somebody that's quite compatible with us maybe our life partner and that takes time you know what i mean and that's gonna it's it's not gonna happen overnight for most people so i think
0: or daniel that's a very so the way that i took um i mean you're totally right like what you're saying mm-hmm. is right but also the the one of the lessons that i took was that Uh, we need to be realistic with some of our expectations rather than because we have this like idea of this like perfect marriage and perfect family and perfect Mm. person. And um, I think that of course there needs to be some level of compatibility, but we have to realize that like most people that we meet are not going to be some sort of like, you know, knight in shining armor. Like they're not going to be, you know, this amazing, fantastical, perfect individual that we get along with all the time. Yeah. So I think we need to kind of also, you know, not be hard on ourselves, but also understand that uh, maybe what we're looking for is not realistic.
1: No, that's true. I think that's. I think mm-hmm. there's. I think there's twofold for me. It's that. Right. It's like yeah. thinking about realistically what, mm-hmm. what is achievable and what I can get. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Daniel, you can get whatever you want. Okay? That sounds,
1: that sounds bad. Um, no, but you're right. Like figuring out and being a bit more realistic with our expectations. And I think also another thing that I took from this is again, like, um, coming up with more of a strategy, do you know what I mean? Not a, necessarily a strategy, oh, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but like to kind of, um, Look at the... Because there's definitely a lot of pros to online dating and, and the modern dating world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cons. And I think by like identifying and figuring out what the, some of these are and looking at my yes. own personal experience and how I've dated, I can take that as a learning experience. Because they always say there's like that expression where they're like... Um, uh, the definition of being crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting <laughs> yeah. a different outcome. So the like
0: definition of insanity, insanity,
1: yeah. that's right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, so if I'm going to be like, continue, if I move back to Calgary and do exactly what mm-hmm. I was doing in London, exactly what I've done. Well, not so much what I've done in Spain, but exactly what I did in Calgary before and expect to have different results, then I might as well sign myself up to the loony bin. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, uh, I, I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's just important to, but I think, I, I do think you're right about expectations. I think, yeah. I think, and I don't know if it's a Hollywood thing as well, or like the, you know, the images that we see conveyed in the media as well about these families and love and everything else. So. It's, it's so like much more romanticized. Do you know what I mean? It's like it this is. kind of like amazing. And that's why a lot of people like yeah. jump from relationship to relationship and are never alone and stuff. I feel like, cause they always need that well, that might be a different issue as well.
0: I think that might be a different issue, but like, yeah, to jump, if because people, again, we never know. A, a part of me is like, are we? The reason why I'm like, are we doomed? Is because I'm like, when you, you know how they say like, ignorance is bliss. Mm. So it's like if you already have this expectation and this romantic idea of Mm. what you want and you see it all over Hollywood and you see it in other, you know, other relationships, like we talked about, about on our social media episode, Mm. you see it on social media, you see these like seemingly perfect relationships. So then that's what you know could happen. You're like, that could be me. So then, um, it's going to take a lot of work to kind of unlearn that kind of idea that you need to be in this perfect amazing relationships yeah. because we could sit here all day long and talk about you know all the ways in which we romanticize but can we actually put that into our practice and can we actually unlearn those behaviors because yeah. i find it i i do find it hard when i'm like dating and stuff because sometimes i'm like am i really not compatible with this person or do i have this idea of mm. a perfect relationship
1: yeah. so it's hard
0: to find that the real answer and i don't know if there is a real answer but it's it's hard it's such to, a tough uh, one yeah it's a tough one like it is but it, i think it's a, i think it's important that we have these discussions and you know learn about this because mm-hmm. we can learn from our own biases that we may not realize that we have yeah and and our own ways of doing things yeah um yeah I it's think, interesting
1: yeah it's crazy i mean i think oh, i god damn god damn oh,
0: god damn oh, god um, damn
1: <laughs> no and I think I think it is good to talk about this stuff and it is good to like yeah. you know like that's why I really that's why I really did enjoy this book as well because it's eye-opening because he's like you know mm-hmm. it's not just him to sing these things he does focus groups and everything else talking about these different concepts and other people's experiences with it and it's so funny because of so many so much of the stuff that happens I'm like oh my god I so relate to this because yeah. this is exactly the, some of the experiences that I've had um, and when they start talking about maybe like ways to maybe improve your, your success rate or, you know, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. have a
1: better experience dating. It's like some of the stuff I've never even like practiced. Like the idea of like the fact, like, cause I, I'm so guilty. We mentioned this earlier in this episode, but like the fact of writing people off too quickly. I'm so yeah. bad at that. And that's something that I mm-hmm. know now that, that I need to work on to kind of not, it's mm-hmm. not even about giving people a chance. It's just like, you know, spending a bit more time with those individuals, um, mm-hmm. for the potential, for a potential, potential connection and not just writing them mm-hmm. off because a date wasn't a 10 out of 10. It was only a six, you know? Yeah. Um, but Oh God, I think a big part of that though is part of the reason uh, another like facet to bring, to bring into this whole freaking. Ugh, the by the way,
0: we're definitely gonna do a part two because we are definitely not gonna finish discussing this.
1: I know Continue. there's there's still so much to talk about. Yeah, I that mean was just I, the beginning. I know, like I feel like we've just mm-hmm. started to scratch the surface. But yeah, um another reason why I think we're easy to write people off and, and constantly be looking for this perfection or like constantly striving mm-hmm. for this this perfect uh like you said, we have this um Oh my God, what am I trying to say? We have this idea of what we want and this notion and we keep, you Mm -hmm. know, if somebody doesn't deliver it to us right away, we're like, okay, again, is it the fact that I'm not compatible with this person or, you know, what, what, what is it? Do you know what I mean? So, um, and I think a problem with that is the fact that one of the pros, but also a con of online dating is that it opens you up to so many more people. Do you know what I mean? So you have this kind of like, and this brings us to the,
0: The paradox of choice.
1: Yes. Is that what we're going to (laughs) say? Exactly. The paradox of choice. Because if you think about it, like Tinder, plenty of fish, Bumble, Hinge, all of these apps now all of a sudden opens you up from, in a lot of ways it's good because like as we're getting older, our social circles kind of, they close up a little bit and it's harder to meet people outside of your kind of networks and their networks Mm -hmm, do get mm -hmm. uh, naturally a little bit smaller. Um, And so uh, online dating opens you up to people that maybe you wouldn't have met outside, like in, in your friendship group. And it's like new and exciting people. But at the same time, now all of a sudden you have so much choice, like this explosion of,
0: of choice. And And they say that when you have, uh, so much choice mm. you end up um, I think they did a few studies on this where basically well, I mean this brings us to the jam theory. Oh god So damn. let's you, talk about you, my favorite theory which is the jam theory. This is
1: Rose's I love, Rose you, love, you okay. get buckled into your seat oh, get god ready to god talk damn. about We gonna this. talk about
0: the jam theory. <laughs> Guys. So the jam theory, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what's called the jam theory, but basically they did this, um, I guess experiment. Yeah. I don't want to say study cause I don't mm-hmm. think it was a scientific study, no. but it was a, it was an experiment where they set up inside like a store in a mall or something. Mm-hmm. They set up a stall and they were giving out samples of jam mm-hmm. and obviously people could buy the jam if they, you know, liked tasting the samples. Exactly. So they had two different scenarios where one scenario they had maybe like five flavors of jam yeah. and then they let people taste it, sample it, and then, you know, they would see how many people bought it. And then another scenario was they had like 25 flavors of jam that people could taste. And the interesting thing was that when people had the five flavors of jam, Mm -hmm. so many more people bought the jam despite less people actually coming to taste the samples. So what that means is when people had more choices of jam, more people tried the jam, a lot more Mm -hmm. people tried the different flavors of jam, but less people bought it because of the fact that they were over, I mean, the, the explanation was that if there's more choice, it's overwhelming and uh, mm-hmm. people don't want to make the wrong decision. So they'd rather just not make the decision at all, which is the main problem that we're facing exactly. with the current dating scenario.
1: No. And it, oh, God damn, which, which, which makes so much sense though, right? Like, and mm-hmm. this, this goes back to what I was just saying about the, the dates, right? So let's say I'm on Tinder, go on a date with somebody, the dates is six out of 10. It was okay. It wasn't horrible, yeah. but it wasn't fantastic either. Now I have one of two options, right? I could either go out with this guy again or never again, right? And <laughs> a lot of the time I have, so I look at my phone, right? I'll say, okay, well, yeah. oh, I have five other matches with some other people who might be 10 out of 10. So this, this six out of 10 date that I just went on, I don't have time to go out with you again. I'm going to try the next one yes. and try the next one and the next one. And you're constantly like having this like battle of, of this finding this, this Good, fantastic sparks date. Mm-hmm. That's like amazing and like incredible and blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's in many ways, it's a good thing. Like, cause we have, we have more choice and more options. Is
0: it a good thing? <laughs> I don't know if this part's a good thing.
1: Yeah, true. I don't know. It's like, it's like with anything in life though. You think about it. Like if you went to a restaurant, right, it's like with anything in life, you go somewhere yes. and if you have so many options. Yeah becomes so much harder to actually make like a distinct decision on anything. Yeah. So this is well
0: studied. And yeah. the, another thing that was, um, another thing that they mentioned, I don't know about here, but you know, this is another concept. Basically, if you have too much choice, then that means you also are going to be, uh, you're going to have a harder time making mm-hmm. the decision, yeah. but also you might be less sad. You will be less satisfied <sighs> with that decision that you made. They did a study with, you have, it was like you college buyers- graduates or something. You'll yeah, have buyer's, buyer's remorse. remorse or whatever it is, because you know yeah. the, the thing that's why they they say like the ignorance is bliss thing. It's like yeah. if you don't know what else is out there, you're just gonna assume that what you have is fine, like everything True. is fantastic, everything is perfect. But yeah. if you know for a fact that like, for example, let's say I thought that I could only choose between like five men, right, for yeah. dating. Okay. And then I chose one guy. And then like, you know what? There's not really much else out there, so it's fine. Like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. But if you know that there's like a hundred men out there, then you know, for a fact, if, if you're dating somebody and it's like, maybe not as like beautiful as you imagined, then you just think, Oh, I'm missing out. I'm missing out on something. Mm, yeah, yeah, So it's, it's that FOMO idea, the idea of fear of missing out yeah. that, you know, plays out in so many aspects of our lives. It's not just with dating, but oh
1: no, hundred percent. It's with a lot of with stuff, so
0: many different elements. Right. I think they, I, so, yeah,
1: I was going to say, I think they brought it up with like careers as well. Like when you finish yeah, so university a, or something or like, there because, was a
0: study done I'm. Tr- I'm trying to think about the study. So there okay. was a study done where they interviewed people or something mm-hmm. that graduated from university, and the people that chose the jobs. Damn it! I wish I could remember. Do you remember this? I think no. Like,
1: I can't. Re- I remember it was about like. Hang on. Let me just think. College for a second.
0: graduates that chose jobs that um, if they had a lot of choices between the jobs.
1: <laughs> oh God! I can't remember it. I either. think it was that
0: people that had more choices between jobs. Sorry if this is wrong, but like yeah. people that had more choices to choose a job would obviously pick, you know, whatever that they thought was the, was the best choice. Yeah. But then they would be less satisfied later down the line versus people that cho- had smaller choices, uh, but even made less money or something along those lines. It was yeah, like yeah, something yeah. something like no, that. Remember, Guys, listen rem- to the book. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I remember that because that was a really good point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember there was a concept called the satisficer versus maximizer.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so the maximizer. Mm. Do you have it written down?
1: I just, I just put satisficer versus Daniel. maximizer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst note taker ever. <laughs> okay, I'm going to read it. I found an article, so I think I can find okay. it. Uh, so, mate versus laundry detergent. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> in theory, more options are better, right? Wrong. Psychology professor Barry Schwartz, famous mm-hmm. for his book, The Paradox of Choice. He actually yeah. has a book. Yeah. Um, divided us into two types of people. Satisficers, those who satisfy then suffice. Yeah. And maximizers, who seek out the best. Yeah. So... Okay, I don't Okay, so basically the concept is that if you are a maximizer, you're constantly looking for the best of the best, yeah. but you are much less likely to be happy with your decision because 100%. you always think there's something better. Yeah. So, I think even in like, you know, the not just with dating, but even You know, I would like to see, I think I'm a maximizer. Yeah. And that probably means that I'm never going to be satisfied. (laughs)
1: Oh God. Yeah. Because I have a little definition here for satisficers. Satisficers are individuals who are pleased to settle for a good enough option, not necessarily the very best outcome in all resorts. A satisficer uh, satisficer is less likely to experience regret, even if a better Mm -hmm. option presents itself after decision has already been made.
0: So maybe that's something that, um, maybe we're creating a world of maximizers maximizers.
1: I think we are. And...
0: Yes. And we are because of, I don't know, maybe capitalism and marketing and, and social media. You know, we want somebody that constantly wants better things. Yeah.
1: I think, I think, it's, know? I think it's, I think it's a lot of different factors that are contributing and you're right. It's not just an issue with our modern, modern day dating. It's also an issue yeah. with jobs. It's an issue with even thinking yep. about like where you want to live now and stuff like this. Yep. It's like, we have so many options available to us at our fingertips that it gets to the point where it's like, especially if we're, if we're, Becoming more and more of us are becoming maximizers. There's going to be a lot of less happy people, or less satis- not necessarily happy, but like less satisfied yeah. people that are always kind of constantly striving for that, and um, which can yeah. lead can, which can lead to some unhappiness. You know what I mean? Because if you're constantly like feeling like you're not doing good enough, or like feeling mm-hmm. like you can, be, you know. In some ways, it can drive you, but in other ways, it can drive you crazy, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, yeah, so now I remember, so the, the college thing was basically the maximizers were people that con- that wanted, they that went and looked for the best of the best job, yeah. and then they got that best of the best job, or yeah. whatever, you know, they got a really good job, they ended yeah. up getting a better job than the satisficers, satisficers who ended yeah. up getting, let's say, like, less money, right? Mm. And like, maybe... Less of a, you know, whatever great job. Yeah. And, but th- what they found was that later on down the line, they, you know, they saw that the satisficers were much happier with their job, even though they were mm-hmm. getting paid less. Yeah. So, it's the same concept with the uh, with uh dating and romance, I guess. Exactly. You know, people that are constantly looking for yeah. the better thing yeah. um, may never be satisfied.
1: I know, and it, but honestly, <laughs> like when you wait. Oh God, oh when God. you think about this stuff, it, it, I mean, mm-hmm. it just makes logical sense. Like the whole idea of this, yeah. the, the the choice paradox, and all of this stuff. Like,
0: yeah,
1: it, it's sad. It's really sad, but true. You know, this is the realities yeah. of modern dating now, and the kind of direction that our society in general is going with. You know, and I think all of these things are feeding into this machine, like instant gratification as well. All of this, like, Mm -hmm. you know, go, 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 go. It's like, it's opened up a world to us, but also it's opened up so many options, choices, everything. It's, it's getting, it's getting
0: crazy. It's all hail and tarnation. It's it's getting crazy. It's all hail. Well, I think one thing that, um, we can take away from it is like, well, I think it's good to know that, you know, constantly looking for the best may not be, The best best option. Exactly. So maybe we can learn to become more of a satisficer than, Mm. you know, than we are. Like I've definitely learned that as well. I mean, even with like where I live, for example, because I used to think like I used to always constantly want to go and like live in the best place and like be in somewhere cool and constantly look for that kind of, you know, the one-up thing, you know, like, oh, what's better than here? Yeah. But then, you know, I'm back in good old Calgary, you know, it's not the most exciting place, but at the same time, it's like was i so much happier in london not necessarily
1: exactly you know
0: so i've kind of learned to be like okay you you in life you can't have it all <laughs>
1: No, it's so true. And yeah. I think you're right. Like by like, again, by talking about this stuff and like reflecting mm-hmm. on it and looking at our own lives and how we've been impacted. Mm-hmm. That's why I really loved again, this book and like talking about this now, it's like reflecting on my yeah. own dating experiences <laughs> and being like, you know, I know that I have some things that I also need to work on when I mm-hmm. get back to Calgary, re-enter the, uh, the uh, dating world. So just kind of, a, it's a journey. It's a journey of oh, self-discovery yeah. and growth, Rose. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, God damn, God Daniel, damn. we'd be talking for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh,
1: God Should damn. we wrap
0: this up? I and then we can so. continue this conversation.
1: Yes. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for listening, guys. So this this is part one of, I don't know how many parts this is going to be. Because- we'll
0: probably be discussing something like this for many episodes, perhaps. Exactly, yeah.
1: Because yeah, it's a fun one. It's like, I mean, I feel like We could, so we could many- read
0: another book as well about yeah. this kind of you know, topic. I'll I lo- look for another one.
1: Yeah. Cause I think, I think it's so like, I don't know. I don't know why I just find it so interesting. The whole, I well probably cause I'm single and I've been, we've both experienced dating <laughs> and everything else. And like, I don't know. It's fun. And I think a lot of people can relate. So definitely. And I
0: like, I like uh, the study of human behavior. Me too. I like, like sociology yeah. or, you know, just studying how we, you know, how we are.
1: Exactly. Well, then that's like a, yeah. that's why we love, like we were talking about this in other episodes, but like gender, um, masculinity, yeah. sexuality, yeah. these are all like studies of people. And it's fascinating to like learn more about us. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, give us a, give us a thumbs up. If you are watching on YouTube and you like the video comments, obviously in the comment section, say hi. um, and leave us
0: your like love stories if you yeah. have some. Mm-hmm.
1: Or some or some tips or some suggestions. <laughs> suggestions for me. <laughs> oh
0: goddamn Daniels.
1: <laughs> oh goddamn. And don't forget to subscribe.
0: Yes, don't forget to subscribe, listen to us, follow us on all of our platforms, check yeah. us out on Patreon if you haven't already. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening, guys. Yeah,
1: thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Bye.